0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: I'm Sam Edwards. I'm third generation cure master from S. Wallace Edwards and Sons in Surrey, Virginia. We support the Heritage Radio Network because we believe in the cause and what they're doing. They're supporting family raised uh, livestock, small family farms, uh, certified humane, pasture raised, antibiotic free. Basically, we take the products from Heritage Food USA and make them into uh, Serrano style hands, Prosciutto style hands, bacon, sausage, like my grandfather did. You can find us at Surrey Farms com or virginiatraditions.com The following episode of Greenhorn Radio was recorded on July twenty eighth, two thousand
2: and ten. Enjoy. I want to go home, ain't got no shoes to wear. Hey, time's so hard, can't get no way good afternoon greenhorns this is severin i'm your host for this yet another episode of greenhorn radio uh radio for young farmers by young farmers discussing the uh perplexities, and joys of life in the young farming universe our show is brought to you on heritage uh Radio network and sponsored by Hearst Family Ranch. Today, I'm joined on the telephone by Molly Rockman. Are you there Molly I am here hi hi there how you doing? Good How so are you how doing? I hear your voice and um remember seeing you in person last year at Farm Aid in Missouri
3: Yes, that's How's right the out there. That was a great event.
2: That was a great event. It's still a mystery where Farm Aid will be this year, but I hope soon to learn because I really want to go. Me too. I'm planning on it as well. So, um, Molly, uh, you're in Missouri, and uh, what's the weather like right now?
3: It's really hot. <laughs> we are having a 105 heat index today, and it's sunny where we are. And we had storms last night, but no rain today yet.
2: So you guys are getting um, a lot of summer rain, um, or what tell those people who are not accustomed to the um, Midwestern weather situation. Tell us a little bit what you guys have in terms of a summer.
3: Um, yes, we do get a lot of storms, a lot of rain in the summertime, but we also get intense heat and humidity. And that's definitely a challenge, not only for working on the farm, but for our plants, um, especially on our farm in particular, because we do not have an irrigation system. So we are very dependent on the rain, and we're happy for the rains, but then we also, um, we could do with a little
2: less heat. <laughs> so tell me about the farm and, um, and how you got there and what you grow. Sure. So
3: Earth Ants Farms at the Historic Mueller Farm, which is in Ferguson, Missouri. It's in north St. Louis County. And we grow over 100 varieties of vegetables and flowers and herbs and a few fruits, but no tree fruits. Um, The particular farm that we're at is very... Very interesting because it's actually, it's non-certified organic, but it is the oldest organic farm in the state of Missouri, and some people even say west of the Mississippi. Um, the farm was settled in 1883, and that's before the municipality that it's in was even founded. Um, I live about a mile and a half from the farm. I don't own it personally personally. Uh, Earth dance which is a nonprofit organization that I run, is a tenant on the farm. So I know you, Severin, at Smithering have dealt with land security issues, and we are in the same boat.
2: So you have also had some land drama recently.
3: Um, well, we're minimizing the drama, thankfully, um, but we're hoping to mitigate any potential drama by setting something up with the family that owns the farm to allow us to have a longer lease on it. Um, it hasn't so you- thankfully been too dramatic yet, but it's just been very um, challenging that we only have a single year lease because that means we're not able to do things um, long-term, put long-term investments on the farm like we want to, like put an irrigation system in, plant fruit trees, um in planting garlic, it's a gamble because we don't know if we'll be there the next season.
2: Man, so year-to-year lease, and that's been going on for how long? And um, and what are you aiming to move towards? Well, we
3: um, Earthans was founded in 2008, and last season was actually just our first growing season for last. So last year and this year um, are the years that we've been dealing with a single-year lease, and what we're hoping to do. Um, ideally Earth Dance would purchase the farm from the family. Um, the family is now, I mean the, the farm is now owned by a woman who's 90 years old and her husband was the third generation to uh, live and work on the farm from his family. And they did not have any children and that leave, that will leave the farm in the hands of the woman who owns its siblings who will want to sell it for the highest amount they can get. So, we're trying to work something out now where we could um, you know, essentially raise the funds to buy the land and and keep farming it or we may even be talking to some of the family members about um just de- you know, purchasing the development rights from the farm so they would still own it, but that would mean it could never be developed and we would also have an arrangement where we could farm it indefinitely.
2: So, on top of all the heat and all the stresses of farming, and all the um, headache of running a nonprofit, you have also to deal with these kinds of um, big moving parts and trying to keep uh, tenure for your land, which I don't know. Right. Yeah, I feel like, you know, for a lot of, um, for any business, it
3: seems, any for-profit business, money tends to be the bottom line. Um And what we 're moving towards it seems across businesses and nonprofit organizations is trying to make sustainability the bottom line. Well, I believe that to farmers that means that land is the bottom line. I mean soil is literally the bottom, and so if we don 't have land security, we don 't really have anything so Right now, being a nonprofit, as you say, I'm thinking about next year in terms of, you know, how many apprentices are we going to train? How many staff are we going to be able to afford to pay to do the training? Um, What other things do we want to add into the mix? But then at the end of the day, it boils down to, well, where are we going to be next year? Are we going to be farming here, or are we going to have to find a different piece of land?
2: Okay, now... um... One thing that we have in our favor is that you're really close to a big city, and there are Mm -hmm. people there who I know, and I met many of them, care passionately about your food. Um, Tell us a little bit of how you're marketing and what kind of relationships you have to support you as you move into this transition.
3: Um, Well, we do have a very vibrant local food scene in St. Louis. Actually, just last Saturday I went to this great event called The Art of Food that's put on by Slow Food St. Louis and they essentially put on this fundraiser every year bringing amazing local chefs and local artists' artwork together to raise funds um, specifically specifically to give it out um, back to farmers in the form of biodiversity grants. So, you know, that was a small um, amount of our funds this year. came from actually Slow Food St. Louis, $500, towards our seed purchase. Um, we also have built relationships with our local city government. The city council of Ferguson knows the value of, um, of the uniqueness of that land and that it's been the oldest organic farm in Missouri. And so many community members have memories of working on the farm as a teenager and going up to the farm to buy produce from the family that farmed it. So, you know, that's a piece of history that we can't take credit for at all, but we're just very blessed to have that. You know, um, lineage to be farming from. Um, other, other ways of marketing ourselves, we're, we're literally marketing our produce at two farmers' markets a week. That gives us a very good presence in the community. Um, we do a Wednesday afternoon farmers market at a local microbrewery called Schlafly, and that's that's actually in a few hours. I'm headed there. Um, that's a really fun one. It's a very local foodie scene, um, very social and casual. And people, you know, the farmers get to drink and have a beer while they're while they're selling their produce. And then the Saturday morning market we sell at has a completely different vibe, um, but it's c- extremely community focused. There's you know, 70-year-old men helping put up the 10-by-10 pop-up tents. And there's little red wagons that they'll let you um, use as shopping carts, essentially, to to carry your produce around the market. And there's picnic tables and there's omelets for sale and live music and crafters. And um, I can't say enough good things about the Ferguson Farmer's Market. And the coolest part is that the market's only a mile and a half from our farm, so it's about as close as you can get to market.
2: Man, I like omelets at farmers market. When you have that hauling and hauling and hauling, and then you have to just wait for people to come, and it's still cold. Or I guess mm-hmm. it's not cold where you are. But I don't like being cold in the morning. And no, like it
3: it hasn't been cold at a farmers market. I don't think this season yet, though. So it's hard to imagine. But definitely at the end of October, we start wearing layers.
2: Um, now tell me, what is this farmers rock situation here?
3: Sure, so this saturday july thirty first we are having our first annual hopefully annual <laughs> farms rock concert benefit concert for earth dance. Um, so the mission of Earth dance is to grow and inspire local farms, food art relationships, and music sustainably. So our whole idea is we want to celebrate the culture and agriculture not just training more people to how to be organic farmers we want to bring the arts and the music onto the farmscape as much as possible and so we unfortunately aren't going to host a concert on the farm yet, we're not quite set up to do that but um, in the meantime we're going to be at Blueberry Hill which is a great venue in the Del Mar Loop in St. Louis Um, we'll have seven different local bands playing all night Saturday night and um, all the funds raised go to Earth Dance and our programs
2: so it's like your own little mini farm aid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's really exciting. And, and uh, are you coming from an entertainment um, background, or, or what What got you thinking that there needed to be more music on the farm? Say so that, what got us into what? Well, how did you get the idea that we needed more music and um
3: I like your oh, oh, okay. Um, so I was, you know, into drama and acting in high school and college. And so I've always loved the performing arts. And my family is very into the musical arts. Um, and so I just grew up thinking that every family reunion had a talent show with full dress rehearsals. And didn't know anything different until my friends started talking about bears one time and I said well what would you do for your talent show <laughs> and so that's just been born into me bred into me um, from a young age and whenever <clears throat> I dreamt up what I would want to do with my life um, you know my background is actually environmental studies or I should say my degree is environmental studies um, and then I knew when I when I went to school in Fiji, actually, that I would want to focus on sustainable agriculture. I love farming and I love food, but I also love dancing and the arts. And so I was like, well, I don't want to just do food and farming. I want to combine everything I love. And so essentially it was just, you know, figuring out how to live out my passions um, without having to do something just on the side. So it's trying to, it's trying to combine it all into one fun, big organization. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, it seems like so much of the young farmer experience is organizing um, a business or an organization um, around your, your passions and then trying to keep it afloat. Mm-hmm. And it's almost um, it's almost selfish, um, but to be like, I sometimes feel like just now today what we're having for lunch, everything is from the garden and so amazing and delicious. And, you know, if we went out to a restaurant, it would be like $85 at least. Wow, yeah, to, to eat the way we're eating, and then um but you realize that it takes a lot of courage to be able to to want to want to invest the time to make that happen, so I yeah
3: i mean i I definitely agree with you that sometimes it feels selfish because I just love what I do so much, but then, in that regard, I wish everybody was more selfish because then maybe we'd all be living the lives we want to live um and not stuck in cubicles and there's the there are the constraints of you know making making money and making your ends meet um and so you do have to be very creative in how you um and, and look at even nonprofits as a business and say okay you know even though this is something that is very fun and is something that i think would help educate the community um you know is the investment of my time going to yield somehow um you kind of have to balance how much you do solely for the fun of it and then do some things for, for the revenue, of course. Um, but that's that's the nice thing about farming and farming nonprofits. It's one of the few um, social service agency types that actually do generate um, income because you have a product to sell at the end of the day.
2: Thank goodness. Everybody needs to eat. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, let's talk about. Let's talk about the. Um, well, I just had on the last episode a really great guy who's in some ways similar to you guys, running a nonprofit in Washington state called Growing Washington. Uh-huh. And he, um, they've just had trouble because their compost got contaminated um, with pesticides, oh. and they uh, have been really outspoken about um you know just that this contamination is totally unacceptable and it's putting them as farmers at risk and is making their tomatoes and peppers get all curly and stunted mm-hmm. um and that is you know a risk to the consumer as well i wanted to talk about you know what is the what's the kind of on the ground um trouble where you are in the kind of amazing local food scene that's kind of bubbling up in st louis which is really in, in the same place as um the kind of like the headquarters of agribusiness. Is there do you feel a little bit of a um conflict there? Um I don't I
3: wouldn't say I feel a conflict. There, you know, politically speaking and economically speaking is a conflict. Um but it doesn't come up in my day to day um you know, operations of Earth Dance. But one of the interesting things, I think, is the, the more people that hear about this, you know, given that we are based right at the world headquarters of Monsanto, um, there's a lot of, you know, Monsanto employs a lot of St. Louisans. And so, sure enough, the other day, um, a group of people was taking a farm tour and the mom, Um, and I started talking about what is organic and why do we want to eat organically and grow organically? And, and one of the chaperones of the, of the tour said, well, just, just so you know, um, chemicals put through, put my kids through college, but go on. I know, I know you're going to say it anyway, so go on. (laughs) So clearly, you know, she or her husband worked for Monsanto is what she was meaning. And, um, and I guess I don't ever feel like we'll be able to beat them or compete with them on a monetary level, but I'd like to make it such a social stigma to work for a company that does so much evil in the world (laughs) that people don't even want to work there anymore. Um, So we'll we'll see if we can try to sway public opinion in that
2: way. That's a good strategy. We'll just get um, all the smart people to come work on farms instead. Right. It's it's too bad, though, that a lot of them
3: are worried about um, good salaries. <laughs> That's the part we'll have to work on.
2: Um, so there you are in St. Louis, and you just started in 2008 growing season. Mm-hmm. What, um, what are the directions that you think you might want to head, you know, say two or three years out? You're starting with veg, small-scale veg, um, which is really normal, and you're aching for an orchard, which is, seems like pretty normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any animal dreams in your head?
3: Well, I would really like to raise chickens, and actually, um, because I don't live on the farm, I'm thinking it would be most practical for me personally to start them in my yard first. And then I went and looked up our city's livestock ordinance and found out that my yard is too small to have chickens, and meanwhile, my next-door neighbor has dogs that bark all day and night. So um, Earth Dance, and, and there's another a farm apprentice who lives in Ferguson who would like to have chickens as well. So we thought rather than try to just get a variance on the ordinance for ourselves and pay $50 and wait for a month in um, in timing, we may as well just try to actually get the ordinance changed. So just last night we went to the city council meeting and just asked for 10 minutes of their time at the next meeting to actually show them a video we've made about um, why and how easy it is to raise backyard chickens. So um, yes, chickens are definitely hopefully in the future. What else do we want on the farm? Um, number one, of course, land security. We want to know that we're going to be there for um, five plus years before we do a lot more. Um, I'd also really like to start some sort of youth education program. Right now we have a lot of um, more informal programming. We have a lot of um, young people that come out to the farm to volunteer or to take a tour, but I'd love to host some kind of summer camp on the farm. Um, That's actually what I went to school for was environmental education. And eventually... I'd really like to construct little eco huts on the farm so that we can host an artist in residence and a musician in residence to bring out the arts and music in the farmscape more.
2: Wow. That's so wonderful. I just, um, <laughs> well, that's I just a big dream. I an arts and residency on a farm um, in Italy called, it was called Polinaria. And oh. It was exactly that. My friend Amy um, Franceschini, who's an, art, an artist out of San Francisco, her, her her art name is it's called Future Farmers,
3: and she uh-huh.
2: was the artist in residence, and I was her um, helper, and uh, she built a Trojan horse and pushed it around the countryside and talked with farmers about the future of agriculture. And, wow. Uh, oh, wonderful. <laughs>
3: That's so cool. So oh, and while I'm thinking about the animals on the farm, too, um, so the, the man that used to farm, that was a third generation to farm this land, he had mules um, running his plow up in, up through the 1980s. Um, when, of course, it was unheard of to even have goats in your yard, much less mules. Um, it's the 14-acre farm is literally surrounded by development and small brick bungalow houses. So uh, there was one time when I ha- I've heard a story about when the mule even got loose and was running down, <laughs> was running down the neighborhood, um, which I'm sure was a sight to see. But if somehow we could actually start using live animal power back on the farm, that would really be a dream for me because if you're talking about true sustainability, we want to get off of fossil fuels and um, and use that wonderful fertility in their poop, too.
2: <laughs> well, they're so good at making it. <laughs> um, well, Molly, I just, I'm really excited about your work and your vision and your courage, and I... Um, I'm sure that there are many other people who are. Tell um, tell our listeners, if you would, some of the ways that if they happen to be from Missouri and they are thinking about going back when they're home for holidays or whatever and visiting some of the projects around town or um, in the country close to um, St. Louis, what's, what else they should tune into and what they should know um, about that's going on.
3: Sure. Um, so, like I said, the farmers markets are a wonderful, thriving place to be in St. Louis these days. Um, we almost have too many farmers markets, I would say, because we, we don't have enough farmers to, to grow, to sell at all of them, which is why Earth Ants exists to train more farmers. Um, so, you know, go on the Ag Missouri website and find out where all the farmers markets are near you. and. Um, And check out our website, earthdancefarms.org. We're also on Facebook, of course, um, and find out what events we have coming up. We do have film screenings every once in a while about different local food issues. We just did show the movie Homegrown. Um, And, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's one single – there's not just one single website. You could also check out slowfoodstl.org. That's a great – Site with the local flow food chapter and all their happenings,
2: but there's more. You're saying there's not enough farmers. So, um, so folks who are from there who want to move back, or folks who are thinking about setting up shop right as the threshold of Monsanto, maybe that there is still market share to be to be filled.
3: Oh, definitely, definitely. We have a lot of um, a lot of crops we could be growing in Missouri that there's a lot of demand for that we simply don't have enough producers, and we don't have. We're not growing quite yet on the scale that we need to if we're going to really um, make a bigger dent in the demand, in the consumer demand um, for local and organic produce. So we're still, unfortunately, trucking in tons and tons of, you know, even organic produce from California to fill the Whole Whole Foods shelves and Trader Joe's shelves and even the mainstream grocery store shelves. Um so they'd love to purchase that locally if we had it here so we just need more growers.
2: All right. So we're going to we're going to get together again off off the radio and talk about how we're going to get uh the farm bill next goes through to reflect some of this um need that we have to get more growers going, larger operations started and um expand our capacity to feed our nation healthy local food. I love it. Sounds right, good. good plan. <laughs> and I love, so much, can I just Molly, say this, I, I love your Radio. website
3: name, Serve Your Country Food. I think that's so genius.
2: Yeah, everybody who's not already on there, get on. It's serveyourcountryfood.net, and that is um, a map of young farmers across the country. I think Molly's on there. We are. And um, uh, this is, once again, Greenhorns Radio. I am your host, Severin. We are sponsored by um, Hearst Family Ranch. Happily, happily. Um, upcoming events in Pennsylvania, New York. They've got one coming up in Maine. Please, please, please get on the blog so you know what's going on and, and join us in person. Thanks for being there uh, on the podcast. We appreciate you. Very much. Bye bye. So no Good day.
1: Whole Foods Market celebrates Earth Month with Do Something Real Film Festival, a collection of six provocative character-driven films focused on food, environmental issues, and everyday people with a greater vision. Come see one of the six features at City Cinemas Village East from Saturday, April 16th through Thursday, April 21st, every night at 6 p.m. Learn more about the films and special events at www.dosomethingreal.com That's www.dosomethingreel.com. Sponsored by Whole Foods Market The following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network The Snacky Tunes compilation has arrived and is available for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com This compilation features live performances from some of the hottest acts around today, including Midnight Magic, Surfer Blood, Overhopper, and more. Again, you can download this compilation for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com, and make sure to listen to Snacky Tunes every Monday at 2 p.m. on Heritage Radio Network. The following message has been brought to you by Fairway Market. What's the buzz about honey? Well, those busy little bees are up to something, and it is delicious. The Fairway label honey is superb. Fairway only hires worker bees that are the best at what they do. This makes for a great-tasting, high-quality honey at an amazing value with the Fairway stamp of approval. And on top of being delicious, honey is a great substitute for other sweeteners and can even benefit your health. This includes better energy, respiratory improvements, and balanced blood sugar levels. It's a no-brainer. Get your Fairway honey today.